remain standing for just a moment. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege of your presence this afternoon. Lord, we thank you that we can enjoy the, the presence of the Almighty God. We can stand in the throne room of heaven today. And Lord, we ask today that you would open our hearts, you'd open our minds, and Lord, that you begin to do a new thing in our hearts and our lives, Lord. Lord, that we would begin to see your favor revealed in new levels upon our lives. Lord, for those that are just stepping onto the uh, experience of favor, Lord, that they would begin to see you moving in the left and in the right and straight ahead, and you begin to do amazing things in their situations. And Lord, for those that have been walking a path with you, that you begin to raise them up to new levels, Father, where they don't just see favor on their own lives, but they see favor poured out in the lives of those around them, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've purpose and you privilege that you would have a people who would know you, a people who would demonstrate your favor, who would demonstrate your glory. The more intimate they are with you, the deeper they walk with you, Father. So, Lord, today we ask, speak to us clearly, cause your truth to highlight and illuminate our lives and our hearts, Lord, that we would walk with you ever deeper and see your glory fill this land. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise if you're going to do that. Thank you to Dave and to the band. Great to have you guys today. It's good to see you all. Are you enjoying life? Yeah? Fantastic. We're welcoming back uh, Mensa and Natalie from their honeymoon. Congratulations to you guys for getting married just a few weeks ago. And um, it's good to have all of you here, uh, especially today, as we continue this series on walking in the favor of the Lord. And we're going to be starting off a, very much a two-part message. Today is growing in favor with God and man. And then next week, we're going to look at the idea of more favor equals more responsibility. Sometimes we want uh, the favor without the responsibility that goes with that favor. And really, the two go hand in hand. We're going to unpack that a lot more next week. So if there's anything that I missed this week, it's probably because I've intended to put it in next week. And you can just remind me of what I've missed out um, today so that I can make sure I put it in next week as well. Amen? Well, Esteban started last week and he um, did a great job of setting the scene of what it is to walk in the favor of God. And really, his uh, definition was that favor was God's open door in our lives, where he's ushering us into a place where we can be blessed with something that is better than we deserve. Now, in the last week, have you had an opportunity to think about where you feel God's pleasure over your life? Have you had an opportunity to think about where God is actually happy with you? Has God highlighted anything to you about the favor that he's placed upon your life? It's important that you begin to connect with that because then it'll make a lot more sense today as we begin to unpack this idea of how we grow in favor with both God and with man. Because the challenge of this series of messages is about drawing us to a place where we are increasingly aware of the goodness of God in your life. Are you aware of the goodness of God in your life? It looks like he's being good to the people all around you. You hear a lot of good stories, but are you deeply aware of God's disposition towards you that his desire is to bless you? Because being aware of the goodness of God in your life is sonship thinking. A son who happens to agree with who his father is. See, an orphan spirit will cause you to demand, God, you owe me. You don't, if you don't favor me, I'm just not going to believe in you. If you don't do what I expect you to do, then I'm just going to stop praying, stop worshiping, sit down, sulk in the corner until you start to bless me. The interesting thing is, if we decide that we don't want to believe in God, he still believes in us. And he wants us to come to a place where we're walking in his favor. Walking in his favor knows, is knowing that God's goodness is directed towards you. And not just directed towards you generally, but directed towards you 
today. Lamentations 3:21 through 26 says this in the New Living Translation. Yet I shall still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. We need reminding of the mercies of God every single day for each new set of circumstances that we face because our minds have been so shaped by a lifetime of existence outside of God's favor. For us, the difficulty of it is that we know that we don't deserve God's favor. For God, the beauty of it is that he knows we don't deserve his favor. Did you get that? For us, what is difficult is knowing that we don't deserve God's goodness towards us. But what is so beautiful about God and what is his righteousness is that he gives it to us anyway. So in his economy, though we don't think we deserve it, he's more interested in us coming to know what he thinks is more important in this area of identity, that he thinks we're worth it. And his desire is that we would walk out the rest of our lives in his favor. So I want you to think about your situation right now. Perhaps you're beginning to recognize the favor of God in your life. You're just seeing doors open in a way that they weren't opening before. You're seeing opportunities come your way or people making room for you in, in ways that they were not doing so before. Maybe you're struggling right now to have a sense of where God is blessing you. And one of the great ways of identifying where God intends to favor you is to look at the area that the devil is attacking the most. Where you see the devil attacking you and the liar coming to tell you, you know, you're not good enough, you're not going to achieve, you're not going to be blessed, you're, these doors are not going to be open to you. Wherever you see that, it's the devil going before, trying to hinder, trying to cut off the favor of God that he has intended for your life. But remember, nothing can stop the favor of the Lord. Amen? Nothing can stop God's plans from being brought forth in your life because the devil is fighting a losing battle. He's already lost. He's already been defeated. So you need to break off those negative words which have been spoken over your life. We looked at those just last month. The places where your peace is being challenged on a daily basis. To look at those places and say, God, I believe that this is an area where you want to bless me. See, you might think, well, the devil is accusing me rightly. He's accusing me because I've fallen short in these areas. You're never beyond redemption. The blood of Jesus is never too weak to move in your situation. And when the blood of Jesus comes into your situation and takes away the sin and the effect of the sin, God is free to move and to bless you and to pour favor into your life. So whatever situation you find yourself in now, Jesus' blood is sufficient for you. Maybe you are seeing the favor of God in your life. But you're becoming desperate in certain situations. You're wondering, God, why are you blessing me in these other areas? But these situations, you seem not to be moving. For example, you've blessed me with a job. You've blessed me with a place to live. But I'm still asking you for the partner that you've intended in life. Uh, or I've been in this job for a, a great long season and they're giving me a lot of recognition. But I haven't got the promotion that I've been pressing into. This is all areas that we want to see God break through in new levels of favor. 
I want to share a great story with you of, of the way that God grows our favor as well. It, it's a, an example of the story of God's favor, but how he moves us into new levels. A friend of mine, as many of you will have done, was going through a, a visa application process. And we know that we need the grace of God when it comes to applying for visas. Amen? Especially with this new point system. They make it so difficult. But, you know, they were going through this situation, and they had everything they needed except the birth certificates that had not arrived in the post. And on the day before the appointment, the person was freaking out. What do I do? You know, what is the situation going? What am I going to do in this situation? And a friend of theirs said to them, you need to turn up tomorrow and believe God that he's going to do something miraculous. So they went to the office, found that the birth certificates had arrived at a ridiculously early time, like 45 minutes before they were supposed to get there. The post had turned up. Got them, got to the train that they'd booked two minutes before the train left. Got on that train. That was the favor of God that moved in a situation where they weren't expecting God's favor. And so now that person is in new confidence, knowing that God is willing to move in their situation. They went to the interview and, of course, passed the interview and got their visa through. Amen. How fantastic is that? But you see, one of the important things that I learned out of that situation is that God will often put you in a pressure cooker to demonstrate the next level of favor that he's releasing you into. So maybe you're in that place right now where you're getting so frustrated and you're asking God, and he's going to come through, he's going to break through, and it'll be about you moving into the next level that he's prepared for you. Now an important counterbalance to this idea of us actually beginning to trust God and believe God and believe him and seek him for his favor is that we don't flip to the other side, to become the childish demander. Well, okay, God, you know, I'm, I'm going to step out and I'm going to believe you, but you have to prove yourself this time. It doesn't work that way that we flip from one side to the other. God, prove that you love me or else. You know, I, I was amazed. I spent some time with some friends recently, and they've just had a, a beautiful little girl, and she's coming up for two, year, two years old. And I'm wondering how a two-year-old has two adults wrapped around their little finger. And, and I, was, I was thinking to myself, you know, God, you know, if I was this parent, you know, this kid would not be doing such things. Until, uh, until it happened to me. We were in a restaurant, and uh, I just thought, you know what, I'm going to deal with this kid in love. Sat her on my knee, and she just started to scream. And then it got louder, and it got louder, because she wanted to run around. She was not having me sit, just sit her down to behave herself. And it was, it was a battle of wills. I'm going to scream so loud, Gabriel, that you're going to get embarrassed and put me down, because everyone in the restaurant is looking. And it happened. Everyone in the restaurant looked over, so I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay, there you go. And put it back. But that's not what it's like with the Lord. We can't hold the Lord to ransom. We can't even demand the reward without going through a process. You know, I've had someone come up to me one time and just say into my face, I'm going to preach from that platform in Kensington Temple. God has told me. And I said, great. Get in the cell. Become faithful. No, I don't need to do that. I said, yes, you do. In order to preach at KT, you definitely do. Because I've had to do it. I know the process. Within two months, never seen him again. See, sometimes we want the reward without the process. Sometimes we demand of God without going through a place to growing into the position that God is preparing for us. See, the foundation stone of orphan nature is that we begin to move selfishly. We have a selfish agenda. We demand, we, uh, we expect out of our shouting loud enough that God should begin to move in our situation. But if you're that person, do you recognize this story, the person who is frustrated? 
offended with God, looking at prayers that have gone unanswered. You've just not received the promotion that you're expecting. You've just not grown as fast as you think you should be growing, especially when you look around at the other people that seem to be blessed. Why are you not going as you should be? That person who feels like that, you know what happens to them? They run from church to church, staying only long enough for their orphan nature to be exposed. And when that orphan nature is exposed, they disappear instead of staying somewhere long enough for the sonship spirit to be put on. See, the Christian world right now is set on fire by the, by the characters of people who still carry an orphan nature. You are born into a new kingdom, yes. You're a son and daughter of a new king. And that good and benevolent king has a process by which he is preparing you so that he can put his favor into your hands. God doesn't do things willy-nilly. He doesn't do things just because we demand it. He does things because he's prepared us. And it's a great thing because if it's a process, it has a beginning and it has an end. Some people worry about becoming a servant or worry about putting on servant attitudes because they think that they're going to end up there forever. I would like to remain a servant forever. Having experienced what goodness God has for those who serve in his house. But some worry because they're serving. They're not becoming servants. They're serving because they see that there's a benefit on the other side. But this process is about bringing you through from one place to another and preparing you for more in your life. But God intends that you would retain the lessons that he's taught you on each level that you spend time at. God says of wisdom, For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. There is a wisdom that God has prepared. There is a way of life that God has for each and every one of us. And when we walk in that way, we obtain favor from the Lord. And that process is this. It leads us to a place of growing in favor with both God and man. Or growing in sonship. We see that in the offering talk that I gave earlier, that the prodigal son was on a journey. He was going through a process. He was very much an orphan son, but he was on the place, on the way of being brought into sonship. And God was favoring him, so to speak. The father gave him the fatted calf in order to restore to him a new understanding of who he was as a son. The elder son was himself going through a process where understanding that diligence, faithfulness was not what it's all about. Very much the Martha kind of attitude in that Martha and Mary story without recognizing that the relationship with the father is what was paramount. God calls us to grow in favor with both himself and with man. Samuel was one who grew in such a way. 1 Samuel 2.26 says the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor both with the Lord and with men. You might want to ask yourself, why should I grow in favor with the Lord and with men? What does that mean? It means that you are in a place where you are like the seed, the mustard seed that has been planted in the ground, and you're beginning to flourish up into a tree which supports much life. God wants to favor you so that he can establish his kingdom through you. And how do we get there? We get there through three simple steps that we're going to unpack shortly. It's remaining faithful to his truth, walking in his love, and releasing the life and abundance that he pours out through us. 
Ah, Gabriel, you know, you quoted Samuel. Samuel was someone who grew in stature in favor with God and men. But we are now sons of God because of what Jesus Christ has done. Hold on a second. That's not just old covenant stuff. Jesus himself in Luke 2, uh, 52, it says of him, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with men. And anything that Jesus has done, he calls us to do. This is the process by which God has chosen to insert himself in this world. There are so many grumblers out there. Have you ever heard this, this saying, why doesn't God just reveal himself? If God is there, why doesn't he just heal everybody? If God is there, why doesn't he just cure all famine? If God is there, why doesn't he just take away all sickness or stop people from dying? It's not how God works. God is looking for a man or for a woman who are willing to go through the process and draw God in. See, when you walk through this process and begin to unpack the truth and the revelation of who the Father is, you are unpacking hidden riches that God has prepared for you to discover. You know how sometimes in different situations you find out things about yourself that you never knew? You find out the strength that you have in your heart, the the faith that you have in your heart, the hope that you have in your heart. Well, that's what God wants us to find out about Him. And when we find out about his goodness, about his love, about his generosity, about his desire to heal, and begin to bring that into reality in this life, we are unpacking the hidden riches of God and making them available for people. That's the way that the Lord works. I wonder if you would ever pray this prayer with me. I entreat you, your favor, with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. Let's just say that to the Father. I entreat your favor with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. All right, now just close your eyes and make that a real prayer because you were copying me. But just where you are, just spend a couple of minutes just asking the Lord to pour out his favor in your life. Jesus did this. Jesus came and was a vessel for the favor of God to be poured out on the earth. And today you and I are reaping of the benefits of, the God of, uh, of God's favor that are poured out through Jesus Christ. And he calls for us to do the same, to leave a legacy for those who are to follow us in the generations to come. And so today as we look at this idea of growing in favor with God, and man, we're going to look at the process, some of the temptations you'll face, and the fruit that you should expect to see. The process of growing in favor with God and man that supports growing in favor with God and man is this. That on the inside, in the secret place, God is doing a work such that when you stand in public, both God and man's favor is drawn to you. God wants to take you from a place where he situationally favors you to a place where you walk in the lifestyle of favor, multiplies the favor on your life. He does that through a process. And that process begins and is established in his truth. For you to understand anything about the kingdom of God is to understand that his truth is what brings us into favor. In Proverbs 3, it says, My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and of man.
This is about the truth. About the truth about who God says you are. That because Jesus died, you can have freedom. Because Jesus died, you were once a sinner, but because you've put your faith in him, you can enjoy the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because you're now a son of God, you are prepared, you are fit for the riches of heaven to be poured out on your life if you go through the process. That you don't have to be afraid, you don't have to be angry, you don't have to be arrogant in order to get the favor of God on your life because when you walk in who God truly says that you are, then the favor is automatically attracted. What is the truth? Christian preached on it this morning about the sonship of Jesus Christ. One of the areas that you see attacked most in the world today is this idea of the sonship of Christ. Jesus is not the son of God. Jesus was just a prophet. Jesus was a good man. Jesus was just one of those guys who attained attained sage-like status. Yet the truth that Jesus Christ is the son of God who died on a cross for you, who was buried for three days, who raised again from the dead, and is right now seated at the right hand of the Father, that truth and you knowing that truth and walking in that truth and the consequences of that truth is what establishes you as a person who can receive the favor of the Lord. You know, often there's this idea that we cannot talk about the truth of Jesus Christ. Have any of you ever been scared of talking about the truth of Jesus Christ? In the, in the office, when somebody has said to you, you know, you can't say that Jesus is the only way to God. How can you say Muhammad is equally viable or Buddha is equally viable? If we we're honest, all of us would have to put our hands up at that point in time. We see, if we're to walk in the favor of God, we need that truth at the core. Proverbs 28.23 says, He who rebukes a man will find more favor afterwards than he who flatters with the tongue. Sometimes we are afraid of telling the truth in a situation because of what the person is going to say, so instead we flatter with the tongue. But you will receive more favor afterwards if you speak the truth. Have you ever said something to somebody that really got them angry, got them riled up, they got offended, they walked off, they didn't want to talk to you, but later on they came back and said, thank you, that you actually had the honesty to tell me what I really needed to hear? The same applies here. If we are hoping for anybody to step into the favor of God, you need to tell them the truth about who Jesus Christ is. And John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, truth brings about, or has a, a sense of glory. You know, when you walk in truth, you know what happens? Is you begin to shake off sin. You begin to shake off wrong ways of thinking. You begin to shake off the words that people have spoken over your life. And you know what kind of a man is or woman is that is walking in that kind of a truth? What they're enjoying? Freedom. Lightness. The weight is lifted off of their shoulders. They don't walk around thinking everyone thinking bad of them. They don't walk around thinking everything's going against them. They walk around in the truth, and the truth has set them free, and it's glorious. The freedom of God is glorious. It's not like the freedom that the world will tell you you need. You're free to go sleep around. You're free to get as drunk as you want. You're free to do drugs. You're free to live together before you're married. You're free to do whatever you want. It's not freedom. It's bondage. Because ultimately, the wages you receive from that bondage is death. Hallelujah. (laughs) Never be ashamed of the truth. Truth has to be at the core. 
But once you know the truth, it's one thing to know the truth, it's another to live by the truth. Next, we require faithfulness, committing to and remembering our commitment to the truth. See, God will begin to teach you about his truth in different situations. Favor begins situationally. Sometimes we expect that we have to become perfect and then God favors us. But God understands the situation you're in right now. He understands it's not a perfect situation. You're there to learn a lesson. And he puts favor on you in that lesson in order to teach you the lesson so that you can move into a different sphere. Give you an example. Joseph, when he's in prison. Genesis 39, 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. All of that sounds great until you see where Joseph is. He is in prison. How many of you are in prison today? How many of you are struggling with impossible situations? How many of you are wondering, how the heaven are you going to get out of that situation? Well, remember that the Lord is with you, and he wants to show you great mercy and give you favor for the keeper when you are in the sight of the keeper of your prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all of the prisoners who were in prison. And whatever he did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look, under, look at anything that was under Joseph's authority. Because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Wherever you are today, God can break in and start to favor you in that situation. He's not absent. If you feel like he is absent, ask him to open your eyes so that you can see what he's doing. And once you can see what he's doing, ask him what he's teaching you in this situation. Ask him what is going on. Let me tell you something. You're never going through a trial because God doesn't love you. You're never going through a trial because God doesn't love you. You're going through a trial because God loves you and believes that you can walk through it. So ask him what he's trying to teach you. In Joseph's situation, he was teaching him and preparing him for the glory of being the second in command of the nation of Egypt, one of the great civilizations of the time. What is he teaching you in your situation? Is he teaching you to trust him? Is he teaching you to put off your own pride? Is he teaching you to put off your own trust in your capacities? Because this faithfulness to the truth, Joseph knew something of what God had said to him. And so even though he found himself in prison, he was faithful to the truth that God had said that he would bless him. What, are you faithful to, what truth are you being faithful to today? If you're not sure what truth you're being faithful to today, at least be faithful to this truth that Jesus died for you. At least be faithful to the truth that he gave his life on the cross for you. And whatever happens, if he's willing to die for you, you should at least be willing to follow him. Don't grumble in that place. Don't grumble in the place of the lesson. Remember grumbling Israel? They got nowhere. Forty years walking in the wilderness. Think about being a hopeful Christian. Because you got plenty to be hopeful for as a Christian. And the more the Lord refines your heart in these different circumstances, the more he's going to bring more favor. We're going to look a bit more at that next week. But one of the challenges is this. Too much favor without a change of heart in a situation leads to boasting. Too much favor without a change of heart leads you to think that you are able to do it on your own. Another way of looking at it is this. That every lesson has a temptation. Every lesson has 
something for us to learn and something that would cause us to stumble. If we're going to grow in favor with God and men, then growing in favor with God and growing in favor with men must both be important. The favor of God will always precede the favor with men because it's about us getting favor from God first before we seek the the benefit or appreciation of men around us. But God calls us to walk in both, favor with God and with men. And what's the benefit of walking in favor with people? Let's just quickly touch on this before we move into the challenges. That when you walk in favor with people, they know that you have your best, their best interests at heart. I'll give you an example. I walk in favor with myself, thank God. Because if I didn't walk in favor with myself, they would have all left by now. But you see, I'm hard on them sometimes. All the time or sometimes? I'm hard on them. But it's because they know that I have their best interests at heart in the coming weeks, in the coming months, that they put up with it. But let me not abuse my favor, amen? <laughs> that was a particularly drawn out, amen. But when, when you're walking in favor with people, it's because they know that you have their best interests at heart. So we want to grow in favor with God. Because without favor with God, what we're doing is not eternal. It's going to last for a few moments. So we want to attract God's favor in our lives. Sometimes, though, there's a problem. People desire to seek the favor that comes from men before they seek God's or even replace God's favor. Why is that? It's because it's important to us that we be recognized. It's important to us that somebody notice what we do. Have you ever wondered when you go into a new place or go to a new situation, why you have to run all the way back to ground zero and start to work your way back up the ladder, even though you've already established a presence in the place where you've come from, even though you've already achieved something in the place that you've come from? We do that because it's important for us to build favor with people around us. It's important for us to have the recognition of people and of our friends. But it's an error to seek our glory in those places. It's an error because all glory should truly only be given to the Lord. God doesn't want us to run around seeking favor from people. Remember Joseph's brothers. Joseph ran to them seeking favor from them. Hey, by the way, guys, um, I had a dream. You're all going to bow down to me. How do you feel about that? And he was seeking to build himself up in their eyes. He was seeking to establish a persona and that they would have to do things for him because he'd had this dream that they were going to bow down to him. Thank God Jesus never had that kind of an attitude with the Pharisees who many of the other people of the day would run around trying to please and trying to suck up to them and give them gifts and, and praise them in the streets because they wanted to develop some sort of an association. Jesus would come to them and say, how can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes only from God. Are you someone that seeks praise? Are you someone that needs praise? Are you someone that goes, did I do a good job? How did I do? Was it good? Did I do well? You know, I, I kind of had some problems with this and that. And essentially, it's about seeking encouragement. Now, there's a difference between encouragement and praise. We've unpacked some of that just a few weeks ago. But then there are people that get up in your face and they're like, they need you to tell them how great they are. 
And if you don't tell them how great they are, they're going to go kill themselves, or they're going to go cut themselves, or they're going to run away and get drunk. We grow in favor because we understand the truth at the core that in Christ we are accepted, we are loved. So we don't need to go searching after those things from other people because we first received it from the Father. Maybe you're somebody who's just now getting into a walk with the Lord and you believe he's favoring you. Maybe you're like a Joseph character. You run into a situation and you say, God's favoring me. God's, God's told me. You know, God's told me that I'm going to win this nation. And you're looking at them and you're like, dude, you haven't got any followers. How are you going to win the nation? No, 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 he's told me. He's going to, he's going to, he told me. And people aren't recognizing it. They aren't recognizing the call of God upon your life as yet. But you see, if God is to take you to that place, he's going to take you there. You're not going to get there by doing it through your own strength, through your own capacities. That's why the process. To remove you from the process and put Christ in you to shine in the situation. Amen? Two. One problem, seeking the favor of man first. But the other side of the problem is seeking the power of God without seeking God. Sometimes we do that. God bless me, God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. When was the last time you just sat down and worshipped God? When was the last time you sat down and honored him for who he was, for who he is, and who he is to come? Good save, huh? It's not about seeking the power it's about seeking Him. And sometimes God will test your motivation in this. Because He wants you to grow in favor with God and with men. Not just with men, or not just with God, but God and men. Look at Moses. Exodus 33, we have a great story where he says to Moses, I'm going to send my angel with you, and you're going to do mighty miracles, and everything you need will be done, and, you know, all good. But I'm not going to go with you. That was a test. Because Moses would have looked awesome in front of everybody. Moses would have been somebody that looked to everybody else like he was favored. But God's favor wouldn't have been on him. Man would have recognized the favor of God upon him because of all of the miracles, but God had not gone with him. Sometimes we do that. Sometimes we try to open a door or go through a door just because it's open. Have you ever done that? where it looked to you like there was a great opportunity opening up and the promotion was coming and the big pay rise was coming and it was all glorious and it would involve you living in Spain by the beach. And you went through the door and ended up coming back two years later. What had happened? You'd gone there, there was no church, no spirit-filled life, no one to support you in your Christian living. Stumbled, fell. Boof. Don't go through every door just because it's open. Go through a door because the Lord is going with you, because he wants you growing in favor with God and with men, not just the things that men would appreciate. This is a beautiful verse in Proverbs 16, verse 15. In the light of the king's face is life, and his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. See, it's one thing to have a relationship with the king. It's another thing to be in the king's face. It's another thing to be looking at him. It's another thing for his gaze to be upon you. If you try to do things that will bring you into favor with men or that will take you away from your relationship with the Lord, 
even though it appears a favored position, you begin to step away from what is truly the best. But here, when you sit in the light of the king's face, his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain. Imagine God's favor on you, showering on you. That whatever situation you go into, you're blessed. You're favored. Doors open. Situations unlock. People give you opportunities that you would never have had before. That's what happens when you're in the face of the king. So we were required to have both. Walking in favor with God and walking in favor with the people. Walking in favor with God precedes. Walking in favor with the people follows. But they are partnered. Why are they partnered? Because God enables or God elevates. But when the people are with you, you begin to see transformation in their lives. First they see that you have their best interests at heart. And they become predisposed to seeing your destiny fulfilled. But as you go on that walk, as you grow in favor of the Lord, as you start to develop that walk, God pours out favor through you, which begins to affect them in a wonderful, wonderful way. As you grow in favor with God and man, you don't just have an effect on your life, but you have an effect on the lives of those around you. In Acts 2.42 it says, And they continued steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and fellowship, continued in truth, faithfully, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. They fear, then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. All of those wonders and signs affected somebody's life. And so continuing with one accord in the temple daily, and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. God is calling you right now, the situations you're in, they are part of a process. Keep to the truth and walk in faithfulness to that truth. When temptations come your way, ask yourself, am I seeking the favor of men? Have I left the favor of God? Am I walking in such a way that I am walking in unison with the Father and also being a blessing to those around us? Don't be like Joseph who walked around and told his brothers such a way that they fell into murder because... You know what, it's really annoying, isn't it? People, you know, I'm the most blessed because I have a cell of 2,000. How big's your cell? How do you feel? A little bit of rage? A little bit of anger? When people run around shoving their blessing in people's face, they provoke their brothers to commit murder. Right? That's why we grow in favor with both God and mother. Uh, God and men. So when we grow in favor, we walk in wisdom. Am I running ahead of God? Am I bringing my friends with me? Or am I alienating them because, you know, I know best and I'm hearing from God directly and they're just not hearing from God? No. Grow in favor with God and man. Your maturity, the maturity that God puts in you will enable you to bring people with you as you grow in that favor. So you'll grow in favor with him, grow in favor with them. And his presence that's poured out on your life will begin to affect them and the generation around us. God is calling us to affect the generation around us for his glory. And when he does it, remember, as Esteban said last week, always to give thanks and recognize God's hand in your life. Amen. Now next week we're going to look at this, continue this message with what happens when we get favored, when we get blessed, when we see God's abundance poured out on us, how do we begin to handle that? So look forward to seeing you here next week. Let's welcome back and back to the platform.